Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, welcome Laurie and Julia show, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Our favorite number today is 81, because that's the temperature. So that's our favorite number. And tomorrow, guys... What is it? What is it? What is it? 86. Oh my gosh. And then it's going to cool off into the 70s. That's okay. 86. Yes. Let it it be. Cheers. You could actually go out on a boat and be warm. Lovely. Lovely, lovely. And sometime, I mean, yesterday, between the time we got here and when we left, it became summer-like. It was so nice funny. last night. It was really beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're... I saw Dear Evan Haddison right. last you night at the were heading off downtown to the theater world. I was. Oh, gosh. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And it's a story... Did this win a Tony? It did. It, okay. won, it won like a lot of Tonys. Tonys I think it won, it won the Tony for Best Musical in 2017. So that's only a couple years ago. Right. You know, so it's, I think it's been out for three years. And this is the first time it's come through the Twin Cities. It is running here for a little while. I think you have some time yeah. um, to go. And is it as good? Was it as good as everyone? I, actually, I mean, this has been the raver. People were just like going to Broadway to see this show. I loved it. Oh. I loved it. And it's about um, high school kids, um, a high school boy who was assigned by his therapist to write letters to himself and um oh, thus you're Evan Hansen. Yes. Okay. That's where you get it. I'm not giving away anything. No. And he suffered from anxiety. I and he always didn't wondered have friends where the title anything. came yes. from. Okay. So he's writing letters to himself and somehow um the school bully gets who doesn't have friends. Evan Hansen has no friends. Okay. The school bully has no friends. Mm-hmm. School bully gets a hold of the letter and then something happens to the school bully bully and the story goes from oh, there. That's where wonderful. You get caught up in lies. Um, there's suicide. There's isolation. There's um, what would be the age like if you were bringing kids? To I this, would love like, to have had my kids with me. Yeah, I think teenagers, teenagers would totally okay. go to this mm-hmm. because it it deals with social media mm-hmm. in a way we've never I've never seen before in a Broadway play. <laughs> yeah, and how. Things can get spun out of control. And didn't a young guy write this? I mean, um, isn't I the, don't know how old he the, was. The book, the he guy was Stephen Levinson. It? Okay, um, but he they said that he's all you know he's uses mental illness and suicide in some of his plots with his other stories. Got it. But the music was beautiful. Oh. The um, the acting the acting was great. I just it was really poignant. It would be really something if 
you know, parents, we think we know what's going on with our kids and we don't is what I learned, mm-hmm. you know, and there's two boys are kind of the primary characters. And I'm like, yeah, they don't talk much, do they? And then <laughs> boys. Yeah. And yeah. so the moms are dealing with their stuff. And then the boy, Evan Hansen, I thought it was so beautifully acted. And oh. he was, you know, talks about wanting to just to be liked by somebody wanting to have a friend. And so the story just kind of blows up. Yeah. around him and it has to come to terms at the end but it's love i enjoyed you s- it you stayed i stayed for the whole thing well that's the seal of approval that right is there. right there for people for she i mean she, she didn't leave at halftime intermission <laughs> you stayed because you wanted to know what was going to happen it kept your interest. i mean that's when you know it's I, I stayed. Mean, a litmus test for you is like it's got to be compelling, and, and it's, my friend wouldn't let me leave anyway. Was she but loving I, it too? Oh yeah, it yeah. was. You know, it. We saw a lot of media people were there last night, so a lot of my talkers were there. Um, our crew, oh, probably our friends from fellow television stations and magazines, and yes, so that newspapers. newspapers and and um, Dominic Papatola was there, and he was reviewing it for the Pioneer Press, and he has he just didn't like it uh-huh. i thought there were a lot of plot holes but i didn't feel that at all i yeah. felt like i'm not a critic either right i'm an audience member who enjoyed it and i enjoyed just it explores topics that i think are really important in the and maybe the of, peak into boy uh, just the, into just that into age high school yeah. and, mm-hmm. i mean people really struggle with loneliness yeah. you know and it just to see it mm-hmm. and just to see the role of social media too yeah so okay. i just there was I thought it hit on all marks for me. Yeah, good. Beautifully acted and sung. It was oh, just, wonderful. I think it's a winner. It's uh, there through Sunday, June 9th. Yeah, okay, it's, so, so it's it here, here for a little while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was surprised we weren't going to have Evan on today. Yeah. Um, but we aren't. Yeah, maybe he's... Uh, he's busy. Busy. With Mr. Big, Hansen. It's a big... It's a big... <laughs> Writing uh, letters. It's a big touring production. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is the first time it's been on the road, right? Lori, don't ask me those yeah, questions. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the first national here. tour. Because they, they usually Thank they you, have Donnie. to wait right. for the rights to become available for the national tour, which can take two or three years. Oh, but that's what we're so Joey lucky. Joey and I have discovered that when we've been trying to write our Broadway play, uh, oh, right? Nipples Away. I like the <laughs> <My> title. <friend. laughs> Taken after Anchors Away, that old you know, World right. War II uh, Navy song that we love so much. Or boobs and nips, kind of like mm-hmm. guys and dolls. Yes! <laughs> We're writing all these will be coming to a major theater near you. But it was really, I just so enjoyed myself, and I think it'd be great play to take your kids. I wished I had mine. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it was great. So good, anyway, good, good. cheers to... Evan, dear Evan Hansen. And they put... And I a, know that one song... That the it's windows are that the Johnny, you could find yeah, it. Yeah, it's the one he sang at the Tonys a couple he of years ago. He sang at the Tonys. I feel like Ellen had him on. Like that was kind of a like that song became, you know, like in our public consciousness it, for a it, while. It did. It was sort of everywhere. And that's why it's not coming to us right now. Well, I didn't see and the show and I uh but I you know, I know we'd recognize it if we heard it. Yeah. Donnie, you don't have to find it right now. I think it's waving through a window. Yeah, it is. Is that the one? Is it going to show up? Does it sound funny? I've yeah. learned to slam on the brake. Yes. Does that? This is it. Yep. Yeah, right. Before I even turn the key. Before I make the mistake. Before I lead with the worst of me. I give them no reason to stare. No slipping up if you slip away. Oh. So I got nothing to share. No, I got nothing to say Step out, step out of the sun
I can listen to the whole thing. Oh my gosh, that's a beautiful song. It's beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. And the words, I mean... I listened to the words too, Laura. Yeah, if you can stand I, the, it. the words are making me cry, but it's, everything's making me cry these days. So don't well, you're take in that. A- yeah, no, I, Latuya. You know what I had to do to finally buck myself up today because I am just like this- you're very uncomfortable. Lori's still in the arm sling, and you can't the, do anything. Yeah, I ran into Joe Sushere, and he goes. Everyone I know has told me that's the worst thing ever. I need to have it done, and I'm not getting it done. He like, needs rotator cuffs. Oh, yes. rotator cuffs. I didn't, didn't want to, you know, why tell you? Yeah, you didn't no. have an option. Yeah, no. If you wanted to use your arm still. Anyway, it just, yeah, it is just, it is, I, I didn't, I never think of myself as kind of being a baby. I think of myself as being kind of a toughie and, and, and this has just been a very humbling experience. And so this morning I was just like, buck up, sister. You're not at Walter Reed. You're yes. not a recent paraplegic, yes. quadriplegic, uh, the cancer. I mean, you know, I don't have like, this is something that is going to come to an end yes. or whatever. So snap out of it, sister. Snap out of it. Cher just slaps your That's face. Right. I slap my it, own face. And isn't that the truth? Yeah. When you are just, cause I, because I, I was just oh. kind of like letting it get me down how hard everything was. But it was like, okay, but this is just a temporary thing. But it's just like, I just had been, I, I let myself wallow, which is not like me. And it wasn't making me feel good about me because I'm not a wallower. So I really had to give myself a Darn talking to. I'm glad. But Lori, at the same time, I watch you struggle. You know, and I see it, and it's hot, and it's uncomfortable, and you have a rash, and you can't move, and it's your wrong arm, because of course you can't do anything. You know, it's your right wing. Yeah. No, I know. But I I appreciate that, because I think that when you are, when we sit and wallow in our, whoa, is me, the sun and Yeah, right, right, right. I do... You do have to go you there. You can talk yourself into a state of mind more than maybe you already are for this particular thing. Yeah. And yes, it has been as bad as everyone said it would be. Yep, everyone was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't uh, dare tell right. you anything because what's the point? Yeah, no, I know. What was the point? I it's agree. Like, I was blissfully, I'm so glad I went off to uh, the Jazz Fest in New Orleans. What place? Where did you go, Lori? <laughs> and whooped it up. I mean, I'm so then glad. where'd you go? I'm so glad. Las Vegas? Yeah, no, I did a Vegas. You know, I mean, I'm not letting it. Sorry, you hold me down too it's much. Tough life. All right, listen, we come back to our story. Mm-hmm. We can't get enough. We both could live. If I was a sculptor. All right, why are we playing a little of Elton John? Because I saw a sneak peek of Rocket Man, which opens. Does it open tomorrow? Or next weekend? I think it's next weekend. Next weekend, if you could double check that. I will do that. Anyway, Rocket Man, we can say jukebox movies are here. Bohemian Rhapsody turned out to be the bellwether. Ding, ding, ding. Look how much money it made. And we get Rocket Man, which is the Elton John jukebox movie. But it is... It was so good, you guys. It is tomorrow. It's tomorrow? Okay. Oh, fun. It was so good. And you know what? I think the thing I took away... You know, Elton John has a 50-year career, and you, we, he's, you kind of underappreciate how much of the soundtrack of everybody's lives is. Like, for a lot of younger people, they didn't know who Elton John was really until Princess Diana died, and they heard his Candle in the Wind song. Um, but the Taron Egerton is... The actor. He, the actor who plays Elton John. He's basically... I agree with Rolling Stone magazine. Peter Travers said that... 
Taryn Egerton is the Lady Gaga and the Bradley Cooper role together all in one in this movie. Oh, wow. He's interesting. Because you see Elton, we see him as a child prodigy. We see him young and we don't realize all the music that we hear. And the story is kind of told through song. Okay. But all the music that we hear, his most famous hits were written like in the span of about seven years. And he went from just being, as Donnie told us yesterday, like this session piano, because he was like really a great musician. Right. He meets Bernie Toppin, who's not a romantic relationship. No. They're dear friends. Played amazingly, gorgeously well by Jamie Bell, the little oh, boy really? from Billy Elliot. He, he plays oh. Bernie Toppin. Oh, cool. And then, um, but Taron Egerton is just, he's flamboyant, he's hard, he's sweet, and the, we've talked about, Tate Donovan is in it, he plays the charismatic, long-time manager manager and owner of the Troubadour. Oh, And he is always scouting England to bring acts to the Troubadour to show off to the Hollywood kids. Oh, interesting. Okay. And the costuming, much like in Bohemian Rhapsody, the costume designer recreates, because at the end of the movie, stay for the credits, because they show side-by-side of Taron Egerton, like in the first outfit he wore at the Troubadour, what Elton wore, Madison Square Garden, this performance, they show side by side, but um, it was, it was how unappreciated Elton John is for like what he's done. Like there wasn't a drug he didn't do. There wasn't a, a, a kind of decadent hedonism he still loves to shop that's like really his only how vice unappreciated anymore. he was for doing all those drugs and surviving but yeah kind of kind of and then what he's also done and how immensely talented oh, yeah. elton john and bernie toppin were together as songwriters um bernie toppin um He's the lyricist. He's the, the lyricist. lyricist. And yeah. then Elton would come up with the mel- yeah. melody and Topham would just give him lyrics. Yep. And he would hear it in his ears. And I know you don't like the song Crocodile Rock, but that is the song that blasted him into the stratosphere oh, yeah. in the U.S. And I guess the way they show it in the movie, well, when you see it and how it starts and how radically different it was from anything that was on the radio... You can't help but fall in love with that song again for when you remember the first time you heard that opening chord. And at first people were just like, who is this weird looking English guy with the wacky outfit? He had suspenders on and like a star shirt. It was like 1972 Mm -hmm. and these wacky glasses. But, you know, it just starts out kind of this melodic piano thing. And then all of a sudden it crashes into this amazing kind of all these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Rock song about remember when you were young and just getting in trouble and causing, you know, having so much fun and the crowd just went nuts. And ah, I, it was it was just really, really good. I think people well, are going to enjoy it. Donnie, you should play, you know, because he's on the phone. Oh. Somebody's talking to him probably about like they saw Elton John <laughs> no, in 1972. <laughs> at the no, it was somebody about it was 1970, actually, at the Troubadour. OK, it was at the because okay. then he came out with the album that I think we sat transfixed to Yellow in Book our Road. family. Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Yeah. That which was later was mm-hmm. the double yeah. album. Yeah. And every song had a different font and a different color. Yes. And we'd sit there. And, and my sister Gina got it. And we'd just sit there and read and read yeah. and read and sing. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think there's like a dozen songs that we hear in the movie. And the and movie's kind of told through those songs. But um, does it go from just the 70s or just, is it a collective of his life to now? Well, it, it ends at a certain point And then it has like... It ends at a certain point in his life, and then it has, you know, a, it gives you an update on what's going on. But it, it gives you, yeah, it probably gives you like maybe twenty. Bry, Bryce Dallas Howard is his mom, and she was just really awful. Remember, I told you this story. They weren't talking on her ninetieth yes. birthday. Yes. Uh, and she hired an Elton John impersonator. Yes, for a birthday party. She told him, we, you know, she knew he was gay, but she was very dismissive of him being gay and basically always let him know he'd never really be loved, which was the source of a lot of his pain. And oh my gosh, is there a uh, hot, you guys? Woof, woof, woof. Uh, muy caliente. There is an amazingly... <laughs> oh, with Richard, what's his name? Great, hot... <laughs> Sex scene. I I wanted to just go go down lower camera pan down. It was oh, for it, Julia. It was it was steaming. It's um Elton John and the guy who kind who becomes his manager who he thinks he's in. Well, they are in love, but he's played by Richard Madden, Rod Rob oh. Stark, and the guy from Bodyguard. Yes, mm-hmm. and the seventies fashion is just everything, and you really do see some. Decadence and I don't know. It was uh You loved it. I, I just I, I loved it. And and Reginald Dwight, you know, had a bleak childhood. I heard his dad was a piece of work. Oh my god. Is that who's Reginald White? <laughs> Reginald Dwight is Elton John's That's name. his real name. Dwight. Yeah. Yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, that was his when we yeah, that was his real yeah, name. Elton John. John comes from Long John Baldry, who was a blues musician who had a lot of influence on him, and the other Elton comes from his friend Elton Dean. Elton Dean, yeah. yeah. And you see that in the movie that yeah. he says, I'm taking your Did name. Did you like this like as much as like Star is born and as much as you know Bohemian? Bohemian yeah, I put it in the same thing. So I'm here for these jukebox uh movies, Boy George, that's uh, next Coming out. Madonna, they said that's next. Will Madonna let anyone else pay her? Will she do digital de aging back? Backwards to play yourself. Probably. We don't know. We have no idea, but oh, it's exciting. Anyway, Good. you really realize how kind of underappreciated Elton John has been, and re- what an amazing life, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Oh, I'm cool. Well, this broken silence by thunder crashing in the dark, crashing in the dark, and this.
like a heart. Oh, I like that song, Miley Cyrus. Thanks, Tony, for playing that. Just one more thing on the Rocket Man yeah. movie. Um, all of the uh, the costumes, everything that is worn by Taron Edgerton playing Elton John, they're all replicas of actual real, and you do see it at the end. I heard they actually added a couple of costumes that he didn't actually wear, and they just had some fun, and they made some new ones. Made some new ones, yeah. but I mean, they show almost everything at the end side by side with stuff that Elton actually actually did wear so um and then um i think we posted this and you know taryn egerton wasn't the initial actor envisioned You're to right. play by elton john the first person elton john thought of to portray him was justin timberlake timberlake because he pretended to be elton john in the david la chapelle helm video of elton john sang this train don't stop there anymore which is a really lovely song that Lori and I just listened to. And uh, in this um, video, Donnie, can you play this? Yeah, song? I mean, it's like Elton John oh, in his like late thirties with that wispy hair that he started getting when he was really losing his hair, the balding hair when you just keep it and you don't shave. And he has a black striped outfit on and glasses. And I mean, he it is so much, I guess, of Elton John the the costuming and stuff. And I guess the, then the other person besides. Um, Justin Timberlake, because Elton was impressed with how he looked, but Tom Hardy was also considered. But Tom Hardy was considered a little too old for the younger, because we see Elton John young, like in his late teens. Right. You know, for what you see him as a little boy, Reginald. Child prodigy. With his little reddish hair and his chubby, luckily he had a loving grandmother. Hmm. So, um, but anyway, I, I, the right actor, I think, got the role. Yeah. Got the role there. I may not believe it, but I don't believe in miracles. I think I remember when this album I, came out and he was promoting it. It I was a little bit different. I'm going to download this song. I love it. 2001, the album came out. The train? This don't train don't stop there anymore. Yeah. Oh, I like it. And he and Bernie Taupin have been friends for 50 years, and they love each other like brothers. They're just magic together. You know, Bernie Taupin lives on the West Coast, I think, like by Malibu, and CBS Sunday Morning did a oh, did story on him about him? six months ago or yeah, something. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And he's a major artist, Americana art, and he does all these things with the American flag. Mm-hmm. It is really cool, and his life story is very interesting as well. And did he ever have the ladies? Because he was like hot as hell. And Jamie Bell is so dreamy as, as Bernie Toppin. Really, Toppin, yeah, dreamy. And so is Richard Madden. Oh, Even though beautiful. the character, the character, you're like, well, whatever. So, anyway. so that's a good movie. Lori gives it two thumbs up. Two thumbs so, so up. Far, if people are looking things to do, go to Dear Evan Hansen. And then, and then we got Aretha Franklin's biopic coming out, starring Jennifer Hudson. And I think Boy George's movie could be really amazing. Then they could move on to George Michael. They could just do all of the '80s yeah. Ju- jukebox <laughs> movies because oh. the jukebox musicals aren't going away. There's one we gotta have. What? Marvin Gaye. Oh, I know it. Boy. That is the one they've been trying to make for 30 years. I know. At one point, Lenny Kravitz was attached and the hot guy from Law & Order, Jesse something. Yes. You're right about that. You know what I'm talking about? that, And he really did look like him. But the problem was, I think, the Marvin Gaye family won't. They won't give the permission with the, mu- the what music. What good is a biopic oh, yeah. about a musician <laughs> no. without the music? Exactly. You wonder who else, you know, would really... Why not a biopic about Barbara Streisand? 
Again, she would not no. give the okay with the music. Probably. I mean, there's some people out there that'd be really fantastic if their music could be included. Yeah. Um, We never got the Janis Joplin biopic. No, that's another one, Donnie. Oh my gosh, so many actresses. So many people have tried for Pink at one time was attached. Renee Renee Zellweger was attached. Who else? Um, A lot. There have been a lot. Natalie Portman, I feel like, was attached and then quickly scuttled and Scarlett Johansson might have been attached. I think the thing about these biopics is it's the soundtrack of our life. So there's such a relatable thing about their music in our lifetime. Yeah, but like Coal Miner's Daughter, well, you know, Ray I mean, Charles that's a different was, one. Or Ray, it's just, it's all, it's got to be a great script. You better yeah. have an actor who can kill it and you have the music and, you know. You need the music. Yeah. So until one of these jukebox movies bombs, we're going to see more of them. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of hope that's good and I hope they don't bomb. Now, remember when I signed up for us to win a trip for two to, to go Dolly to Dollywood? Dollywood, yes. Dollywood. Remember, I paid $25. It was through Omaz. Did you win? Did we go? No, no we didn't Julia. win the trip. But no, what? but guess what I get in my inbox today from George and Amal Clooney? We'd like, Lori, we'd like to invite <laughs> you. I click it on, and what do I hear? I hear something. We posted this okay. in case you've never donated. A lot of celebrities use Omaz as, I guess it's like a charitable PayPal kind of a thing. Okay, It's a trusted way of the money going to where it says it's going. So here's the email I got. Maybe you did too. Hi, I'm George Clooney, and I'm here to invite you to come to Italy with my wife and me. Cut. Let's stop there. George, can you please do the intro the way it's scripted? Sure. From the top? Hi, I'm Amal Clooney's husband, George, and we'd like to invite you to come with us to Lake Como. Are you sure that's how you want me to say it? People love Amal. She's really the selling point here. You know what? I don't need a script. I'm just going to speak from my heart. Hi, I'm George Clooney. Amal is one of the most intelligent, compassionate, and impressive people you'll ever meet. And I am the two-time sexiest man alive. I played Danny Ocean in the Oceans movies. I was on a little show called ER in the 90s. Oh, and you guys like superhero movies? Well, I was Batman. I was the only Batman with nipples. Oh, <laughs> did a little baby show called Baby Tag. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I saw Brad Pitt's phone number, which I could give you. Anyway, the proceeds are benefiting the Clooney Foundation for Justice, which advocates for justice um, and human rights abuses around the world. So you, it's, you donate and you have, win a chance. You win a chance. Right. Like right. I was trying to win a chance for us to go to Dollywood yes. and hang out with Dolly Parton. Is this include airfare? Because I'll I'll donate I, yeah, for I us. Think it's everything. Yes, it? it's a dream double date, and you will be flown to Milan and probably taken by luxury sedan to Lake Como, and there George Clooney's Vaporetto will pick you up. And whisk you over, and you probably take you two years to confirm the date when you'll actually be able to do this. <laughs> They're going to serve you lunch. It's a luncheon. It's a luncheon, but still, this is like that's brilliant. And I really was. I was like, oh my god, George Clooney. And then I see, oh, it's homage. And I thought, well, okay. Every time a celebrity mm-hmm. uses homage, because and I have been o, a donor. It's like omaze, omaze, o m a z. Because I get things. Quite often from John Stewart from The Daily Show. Because you donated something I donated to... because what he's trying to do is so many of the firefighters um, from 9-11 who worked on at 9-11 to For help months. recover the bodies. They all have these 
terrible cancers and, and terrible lung disease. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's to raise money for them. Yeah, so you get little messages I from him. I get messages him. from him. And I'm like, John Stewart's sending me another note. It mm-hmm. does make you feel kind of special when you see those names yes. in your inbox. Yes, and George Clooney is speaking to me. I'm like, hello, George. Hello, George. I used to see you. Okay, so the Deadwood movie is going to air on Friday night. Um this Friday night, and we talked to Neil Justin about it, and he said, if you like Deadwood show, you'll like it. And right. If you didn't, you probably won't watch it, and you know, be sure and put on closed captions, because they speak like um, swearing Shakespeareans. Yes, okay. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And also. the show was on from 2004 to 2006. I believe I watched it for one year, and then I dropped out and left Casey alone. Yeah, I didn't because even Because I couldn't take it. Um, but that was the show that sort of launched Timothy Oliphant to the next level. And it's from that movie that he got justified. Mm. He's and been then, a working actor for a long time, yes. but I loved what he said. He just seems so chill. Like he doesn't give a hell. And he gives this interview um, to Vulture and they asked him, whether, how'd you prepare yourself for returning to Deadwood? I showed up, put the hat on. Started saying saying what they told me to. I mean, that's the kind of guy he is. That kind of an actor. We he, miss him. He, he needs did, a good role in something we like. That Santa Clarita diet thing he's been on for no, three years was a waste of his time. But I mean, he kind of is a scene stealer. You can't take your eyes off of him. Even when he was in Deadwood, you know, like any scenes he'd have. It's like kind of nice to know there's like just a working man actor he's just kind of like it is what it is i do what they tell me to do and then vulture asked him how justified changed him and he said well when this job came up i was just playing supporting roles that were flashing fun chewing things up and having a good time but by the time i got to justify it i felt like i was just having a ball with the job not just that one but acting acting was way more fun than i recall it being back during the days i was doing the show i learned a lot about being the lead and not losing the fun and not getting too hung up on whether every single moment you're in expresses the idea of the thing. The nail doesn't have to be the house. The nail can just be the nail. We're all just building the house together. Oh, for God's sakes, that was just way too deep. <laughs> but don't you like when it? The house is just a house. I just, home is just a home. I just, like, he's low-key shrug. Just a nail. He is low-key. He's low-key. Yeah. He's chill. We'd like to have a beer with him. Yes, we would. He so, could yeah. come on the pontoon. And we'd like to take off his pants. Timothy off of you his would. pants. I know, oh, you for would too. Crying out loud, Lori. Well, You're just so Timothy Olivand Ola off of his pants. Yeah, okay. Kind of You're fun. so dumb. Oh, is that? Dirty. That's just a wishful old Thursday You'd thought. You'd see his knobby knees then. I wouldn't I be. I'd be him. just fine with his knobby knees. Okay. I would look between his knees and his abdomen. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse us, everybody. We've got to go check out our knees. We'll be right back. and feeding of ravenously hungry girls, which we devoured, like, uh, so quickly. It was so good. Uh, well, it's a story about uh, what happens to a family after its matriarch, Althea, and her husband are sent to prison for defrauding neighbors, friends, and much of their community. Althea's two sisters, Lillian and Viola, are forced to return home to deal with the fallout and help raise um, Althea's two teenage daughters. 
What we see, I think, is a family moving through the difficulties of loss and forgiveness in some imperfect, but I like to think ultimately hopeful ways. Yes, and I I felt that way. And also, I think Mm. Julia and I were struck... You know, Julia's a, a family of five. I'm a family of four. But, and even though we didn't have anything like this happen, like what happened in their family with Althea and Proctor, you know, going to prison, just how we all remember. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Everything that happened in our childhood, sibling to sibling, very differently yeah, right. and the roles that we take in how we feel responsible for each other about that. Yeah, you're 100% right. I am uh, one of five kids. I have uh, three sisters and one brother. And that sort of whole notion of sort of how we all, you know, grow up in the same house, uh, live through many of the same memories, but come away uh, viewing things quite differently, that's one of the things I was hoping to capture in the novel. Do you, do you identify with one of this, the Butler sisters more than another? Um, I would say Viola, and that is largely because that's actually where I started in writing the book. Um, the book was initially going to be about Viola, uh, who is a therapist in an eating disorders clinic, and some of those experiences were based on some of my own experiences in treatment. So um, a fair uh, amount of Viola's story um, has elements of my own. And I thought, you know, um, Anissa, that was really real. I mean, I struggled with eating disorders as well. And when you talked about... When Viola talks about it. When Viola, sorry, excuse me, the sister talks about, you know, she has to go home. She doesn't want to get there. She can't deal with it. And so she goes to her addiction, which is food, and how Mm -hmm. she just devours everything and then gets released and devours everything and gets released. I don't know that we've seen anyone write about that i never have i mean uh, portia de rossi in her book wrote a little bit about it yeah. but it was but this is just you don't see that so i think it it's really you know was it hard for you to be so real or for viola's character excuse yeah. me <laughs> no no that that's perfectly fine um yeah just as the writer when I decided to write about what it was like to deal with an eating disorder as I knew it, um, one of the decisions I made was to be very honest about it. And there's a scene in the book that is quite uh, vivid mm-hmm. and um, you know quite detailed. And um, I just wanted to tell the truth of it. Yeah. Um, and one of the things, having been out on tour and talking to people, talking to the two of you, um, it's been incredibly gratifying to have other people come to me and just discuss, 
want to discuss this aspect of the book. Yeah, and for me, you know, and I guess you know, I had read uh, Portia de Rossi's mm-hmm. book, and she talked about, it, but in a novel. I don't recall ever reading, and I and I loved Viola. I mean, I really just like really felt for her. I, well, I liked I, I, I liked, liked all, all the sisters. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> even as the oldest, you know, I really I could see I can see myself in Althea being a, a stubborn lady like that mm, um, very much interesting. so it's self-confessions here well oldest <laughs> the oldest that's yes. our burden to bear yes, is we're, we're stubborn and hard-headed but it made me have an understanding of um i guess of the how that i never really got that that was always like i just don't get that one i would just be like i didn't get it and it made me really feel compassion for her and also with the other sister you know with her brother and how mean Joe was, and I don't know, even though your book was hard, it felt really, it, it did feel hopeful to us, and I, and, and I, I, I hope that, you know, a lot of people are reading it, and I feel like it must be a good book club uh, pick. I, I, I hope so. I'm actually um, about to make the rounds at some book club soon, so I'm really looking forward to, to talking to readers sort of in that book club setting, because I'm, I'm a reader, first. Uh, mm-hmm. I love to read and I love to talk about books. It'll be a little bit different <laughs> right. talking to them about my book, but um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to readers in that book club setting. I've done, I've talked to readers sort of on the tour setting, but right. Uh, right. to be in a room and talk to people who've read the book and uh, working our way through. With Anessa Gray and her debut novel after being a journalist for many years at CNN and many other places, The Care and Feeding of Ravenously Hungry Girls, based on the sisters and their relationships as they go through trial and tribulations, actually, and how they come together at the end after their. And I was to- so mad at Althea and Proctor <laughs> that they got such a stiff sentence for their crime. I mean, that was very of it because I think of other crimes that you know might be in the white collar category, but committed by white people. I mean, was that any kind of uh, a thing in? One of the things I wanted to capture and with respect to what type of crime they committed, people did get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that aspect of wanting to explore that element of it. Okay. But uh, you bring up the issue of race. Um, these are the sentences that judges have leeway to hand down, mm-hmm. um, you know, with enhancements and, and what have you. Um, and it's been interesting to talk. It's so interesting to talk to an author um, Anessa, and listening to your interest in the feedback from your book that you're giving us, because we just want to hear from you. Yeah, I know. And so that's just kind of unusual, because you... Well, that's, I guess, because you're a journalist, 